anyone would be lucky if they were an old woman with dementia lost in the woods to have this particular version of Patrick Dempsey find them. <laughs> There's no way yes. this episode <laughs> is not explicit. No. This one will come with a lot of like hashtag this does not reflect the views of the historical. Yes. Hello, mainly fans. Welcome to our holiday special. I'm your co-host, Ian Saxine here as always with the incomparable tiffany link tiffany how are we doing today good ian how are you i am i'm in a jovial mood having having watched a uh, an unforgettable christmas movie unforgettable that can yes. mean so many things i know i know <laughs> uh so uh we should probably do some some disclaimers at the at the top of this episode. Uh, would Should you we say? ever? Yes. Yes. There's some explicit language. This film is a little explicit, though not um, untasteful. I guess I would say, but I mean, I wouldn't call it a tasteful some... film. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, there are some adult themes throughout mm -hmm. uh, this particular quote unquote Christmas movie which I guess we'll decide at the end this really counts as as a holiday film or not um yeah but yes yeah so, so yes uh if so. you're if you're really just here for history and you're really here for a strong main theme um this might not be the episode for you no but yes. if you are here for Patrick Dempsey <laughs> yep. and for <laughs> the an extreme analysis of an extremely weird movie three um, people trying to make a movie a lot more important than it probably is it's true it's true <laughs> um and so uh we for those of you with an open mind this will i think be uh, an enjoyable excursion uh and the right off the top so the movie that we are discussing is some girls a uh advertised as a christmas movie starring patrick dempsey of lewiston maine our very own uh as well as jennifer Connolly. it came out in 1988 it is real weird um <laughs> it Fair. is also depending on your view uh hilarious although perhaps unintentionally so if you're intrigued by this, we invite all of our listeners who are of a mind and uh, over the age of 18 or whatever to do so, uh, to watch some girls and then uh, send us your thoughts about this movie. Uh, do you like it? Is it a Christmas movie? Are you uh, are you interested in uh, making it a regular part of your Christmas movie routine? Uh, maybe ironically so. Uh, will you curse us forever for like bringing this into your life that, that <laughs> is true. another option that uh <clears throat> that is, land on 
That is another option. Uh, so, Tiffany, people who want to get in touch with us, how could they do that again? Sure. Um, we are, of course, you can go to our podcast's website um, through Podbean Mainly History. You can go to our Facebook page. We have an Instagram now, which is mainly.history, or you can email us at mainlyhistorypod at gmail.com. That's and right. And I, I always forget, Ian, because... <laughs> I'm not, I don't do it, That's fine. but, um, we are still on the, the remnants of Twitter. We are, we're still on, uh, the artist formerly known as Twitter, uh, at mainly history. And so, yes, between the two of us, we, we manage a, I wouldn't call it a social media empire, but a social media no. presence for sure. Yes. Yeah. You so, can certainly reach out to us, um, yeah. through all of those avenues, direct mm -hmm. message or email or, or tweet at us, I guess. Yes, <laughs> that's true. I don't know. Alphabet at us. Yes. Yeah. So you can definitely email us or uh, or send us a message on our, our Facebook page. Uh, in particular, if you have if you wish to air thoughts about some girls, the movie. And if we uh, if we get enough listener interest, there might be a special mailbag episode devoted to uh, or at least mini episode devoted to uh further further analyzing or, or appreciating the, the listener feedback to this uh this this true holiday landmark so uh without further ado i guess we should get to it huh yeah guest today is Vaughn Joy, historian and film critic extraordinaire. Uh, Vaughn is also a well-known uh, returning guest and fan favorite. This is now, I think our, is this our third Christmas special, Vaughn? I think, yes. Third. Okay. And where are you, where are you at these days? Where can our, uh, our listeners, uh, where can our listeners find you, your affiliations and whatnot? I am on Twitter and Blue Sky at Joy on both of them. And I am on Substack with a newsletter called Review Roulette, nice. um, if you want to check that out. Do you still have your Star Wars affiliated uh, shop I do. Going? Yes. So I technically have three podcasts, but they are all um, on hiatus as I am finishing up my phd so we have not done many episodes of those but ian is a returning guest on my primary podcast impressions of america if you want to check out the three episodes that ian has done for us there sure it's a lot of fun yeah good so time. um i think we we just can't wait any longer to dive in mm. to this this movie that is trying to be a film Yes. Oh, great way to put that. Yes. Thank you. So our main can uh, Tiffany, if you can just give us so uh, we have our our main connection in this film that is nevertheless uh, filmed and takes place in in Quebec. Uh, so what is the main connection to this gem that we are discussing today? It stars the one and only Patrick Dempsey. 
Yes, it does. Uh, before he was McDreamy, and I don't find him dreamy yeah. in this movie no. at all. Oh, yeah. No. The I, Nick guy is like... Yes. I mean, Why is so there so much. much nudity by people nobody wants to see naked in this film? <laughs> I I messaged my partner and I was like, was Patrick Dempsey supposed to be a heartthrob in the late 80s? Like, am I missing something cultural in the moment? And he was like, I don't, I hope not. And I was like, okay, good. Because my God, why does everybody want to sleep with this man? What is there's like that part where he's in bed like getting ready to write in his journal and he like props his leg up and it's so skinny i was like look at his little like chicken mm. leg like there are multiple unattractive men who spend lengthy scenes without <laughs> clothes on in this movie so first of all i have to ask you two um did you like did you enjoy this movie I would never watch it again, but no, absolutely not. There was one point where I was laughing so hard. I think my dog thought there was something wrong with me because she got up in my face and kind of did like her little like lay on my chest and this like face smash. And she really only does that when like she's really scared um, <laughs> or hasn't seen me for like a really long time. So I, I but I was laughing so hard I was coughing. Mm. <laughs> so, Stan, wait. so I won't say I didn't enjoy myself, but once is enough <laughs> really i want to i think i i don't i think i might make this annual viewing in my hut like this is like <laughs> the room of christmas movies no this is so bad <laughs> that it's amazing like why mm. why hasn't this become a thing that people go watch live it was so uncomfortable why i don't want to so see it again <laughs> I watched it alone and I was trying to explain it to my partner and he's like, I'm good. I don't need to know more about this. And I was like, no, no, we need to go through this again. The implication is that he has fucked all of his granddaughters. Uh, who? You mean? Patrick Dempsey? Like the implication is that he is the grandfather, right? No. What? Well, kind of, yeah, because at yeah. the end he sees like the young like granny, the reincarnated, and it's, like, oh. right? Yeah, and it's oh. basically like he's reincarnated grandpa. Yeah. Oh, I and... didn't even get that part. And they they say so many times throughout the film, like all of these one liners of like, oh, have we even said the name of this film yet? It's some girls. The movie's oh, yeah, title is Some Girls. <laughs> some girls, which but definitely it... screams Christmas. Um, yes. Mm. Yes. Definitely. Um. um I texted like, yeah. Tiffany at one point while I was watching and I was like, I'm not sure if Patrick Dempsey's about to get murdered or have sex. That's the yes, first no, no. Christmas movie I've ever felt that is a sincere that question. About... Am I about to witness a murder or an orgy that is also incestuous? <laughs> well, it was, Eyes Wide um, Shut is bad. a Christmas film for a lot of people. It so is? Maybe... Oh, wow. Yeah. This is yeah. like that. This is like... Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I guess we should, for people... The, the listeners now might be as confused as we were seeing this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so Vaughn, you are the film critic par excellence. So would you do mm. us the honors of giving a very brief, straightforward, without um, ladling on the judgments, give us mm. a, a very brief summary of the, we'll call it the plot of this thing that we saw of some girls. Okay, so... As I understood what was happening, <laughs> what what happened was Patrick Dempsey's character is in love with Jennifer Connelly, 
as is everyone. And and they're in college. She, and they're in college. And she like just leaves college for a while and doesn't say anything to him, just kind of ghosts him. And then But she does up. tell him it's because her grandma's sick. And yeah. like that that's yes. why she's not coming back. So yeah. we know like grandma's involved. Yeah. Which is seems and, weird, but then it isn't. <laughs> yeah. So her grandmother's sick. She has left school and she calls him up at Christmas and says, You should come spend Christmas with me and my family in Quebec. So he thinks like oh this is it we're made like i'm meeting the family this is so important and he gets there and they have this like lovey kind of relationship there and then she's like by the way i'm not in love with you sorry merry christmas and he has come <laughs> all of this way to be broken up with and he's all confused and then you're confused watching it and then her sisters each get in bed with Patrick Dempsey at different points. And the mother is a very confusing character who is like, he didn't recognize me. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, why, why would Patrick Dempsey recognize you? And I think it's because the implication is that he is her father. Mm -hmm. um, and it, the dad's always naked because he's writing a book is the justification for that, that you just go with. And then the grandmother runs away from the hospital and they have to go find her. And Patrick Dempsey is the only one who is connecting with the grandmother and they fall in love. He says they connecting. fell in love. Mm. Connecting. Connecting. Um, and then she dies and they all have the funeral all during this Christmas week, I think. Um, <laughs> and then he goes to the tomb or like the mausoleum where the grandmother has been buried and sees this beautiful young woman who is then later revealed to be the grandmother in who is also pictured in a portrait of the grandmother as a young woman. Um, so she has been kind of resurrected and Patrick Dempsey and her like make out in front of the mausoleum. And then the naked dad says, how many of my daughters have you slept with super casually? And then the film ends mm -hmm. and it, I, I don't remember what happens after that because <laughs> I, I think I was so stunned that the implication is that he has had sex with his granddaughters. At least, well, one of them. He oh, he says one. He says, he says like, one. He says one. And, and they he says clearly, almost three. Yes. But just one. And we should clarify the third daughter is very much underage and the, yes. the movie makes no effort to like hide that or apologize for it patrick dempsey at least manages to be like i should probably not have sex with this underage teenage girl and doesn't but like i think this movie it definitely of all of the ages just a number uh movies that i have seen this one definitely just goes in all directions maybe if time is a mobius strip then what after all does age really matter anyway? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. thank you for that recap, Vaughn. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's the set up. Can we also like, I think for me, I was trying to figure out why I love what this movie is so weird, but like why it, cause almost all the, the laugh parts are unintentional laugh parts. Like, I don't think oh, there are yeah. very many yeah. 
jokes they try that are funny there are various things that just happen that don't make any sense like a dog jumps out a second story window yeah it's fine just like after an alarm clock like i don't under like what and i don't understand like here I thought, oh, this is going to go like full Ben Stiller where he has to bury the dog and the dog died and they're going to be mad at him. Oh, but yeah. no, the dog just jumps out a window and then they just move on with their lives. Like, yeah. well, and the, the dog's, dog's still alive. alive. Yes, yeah. exactly right. But like dogs don't do that. Like, has, no. this, has this writer ever seen a dog? So I, I do think that that if one were to write about this film you'd have to watch it several times to pick up on a lot of these things and like why they're there but they they do make you're like and i will never do this i no i'm not doing it i'm suggesting someone else may (laughs) want to but it's not me um they they make an effort a half-hearted effort to mention a few times like oh there's something spooky about these people there's oh the dog does die and is re resurrected really yeah because the grandmother is resurrected they're paralleling it there's something weird about the family that they keep living these lives and they like they say a couple Hmm. times something like um like oh you should try living with them for 200 years is what the dad says at the end and he's like i even after 200 years i would never understand my daughters or something like that like they have these these little lines that are like it's so spooky and kooky like it's almost an adams family kind of thing the sad thing though is that their true underlining of like what is the ineffable mystery like the motto of this movie is women be crazy like mm. that is well, it. Yeah. that's all it is and also apparently at least this family all women are sexual are just intensely sexual beings and it's just like shooting out of every pore of them the only non-sexualized woman in the movie is the mother Mm -hmm. who we are made to understand is basically like a nun but she's so sexy she can't help it that there's a guy who loves her and decided to become a (laughs) priest to follow her around which also that's not how priests work if you become a priest your bosses tell you where you have to go you can't just say i need to go pant after this woman who married somebody else can i just i'm gonna live in her house now and like pray with her but like yeah he's like at their house on christmas morning and i was just like what i don't know anybody who just like casually has the priest show up (laughs) with like a wedding because doesn't he give them the portrait of the grandmother isn't that his gift to her and i was just like why does he even have that like i i don't know it's weird yeah because he's sexually obsessed with all the women in his family i mean yeah like apparently every man they come into contact with in this movie's world yeah it's um it's something else so and they're wearing like these clothes like their nightwear is um Dickensian. I just kept thinking of like the like Dracula's brides from like the Bella Lugosi version mm. of Dracula. Like they when they go when they're all there's three sisters, and so when they're all together, they're in these like weird, flowy, like Grecian almost sort of like off the shoulder, almost see through long nightgowns, and you're just sort of like where. 
where did you even find those? Like, or they're in like these like weird sort of like 1960s, like something you'd see like Ava Gabor wearing in Green Acres, like these mm. little like long flowy. I'm, I don't know. I'm just sort of like, this is. So I think that's, that's part of like the resurrection yeah. idea or like the um, immortality kind of vibe of it that it's not quite immortality because the grandmother does die but she is then resurrected but you get what I mean so I I think that really is one of those signifiers of like there's something supernatural going on here the fascinating thing though is that it's definitely not like a vampire situation they're not like eating him but it's also like it has vibes of they're like a witch's coven but yeah. they have the priest around all the time and they're so heavily Catholic. Like they're all talking about Catholicism at several different points in the film. Just not chastity at all. Oh, no, no. no. definitely not. Um, no. Also for the close, I mean, Patrick Dempsey's character, uh, who I believe his name is Michael, he mm. either he borrows or went there with a nightgown and nightcap in his possession that looks like something that belonged to Ebenezer Scrooge. 100%, yeah. And like, I, and the movie is very much set in 1988. And I would love to know the last man who unironically went to bed dressed like that. I genuinely would want to know what year they died. I would say like 1900 or something. Like, I don't know. Because the night shirt is one thing, but the cap is like, is I next level. What? Why would you voluntarily wear the cap also? Yeah. He just put it on. He put it on. Alone by himself. Just like, well, time to go to bed. Put on my nightcap. Like, (laughs) no, what is this? Um, Unless it's supposed to be, he is the grandpa when he's in the house and therefore dressing like an elderly man. Um, I, I think it is maybe. that. Yeah. I really like that this is such a confusing film that we are actually live trying to figure this out. <laughs> so, Vaughn, serious question for you. Is yeah. this the most incestuous Christmas movie that you have ever seen? <gasps> oh, let me think for a second. Not a sexually question. problematic, incestuous. No. Yes. And I would like to say for our listeners visually you see very little you see a lot of patrick dempsey but yep. um it's not like there's like crazy orgies happening like no. all the time it's there just like a lot of like breasts. heavily implied that like something could happen at yeah. any minute like so i will detail while vaughn is thinking of this some of the mm-hmm. instances of basically just getting way closer to the line of incest than like any rom-com or christmas movie or mm-hmm. quite frankly any non-pornographic or non-like serious drama would ever get uh, and preserving lightheartedness. So let's think about this. The fact that he's a reincarnation of the grandpa in this movie and then also sleeping with his, uh, having this frisson of sexual tension with the granddaughters. How about the fact that one scene, the girl that he initially came to pledge his love to, she periodically just is like, yeah, let's have sex. So at one point he is chasing her down the hall naked except for a washcloth which i'm grateful for and he is barking like a dog while chasing her but i want to point out he's barking like a dog in the same way her dad 
while naked at the breakfast at the dinner table, barked like a dog during their weird family say grace ritual they do, where he barked like a dog when eating his food. So Patrick Dempsey, who is sort of like, I'm not exactly sure how sex works yet. I know I'm going to chase you naked through the house, barking like your dad does when he's being silly. So sorry, that's more incest. All three sisters do some serious mouth kissing of each other. Not full tongue, but sisters don't kiss that way. No, it's not like your French, like, hello, goodbye. It's like no. full on the lips. Full yeah. on the lips. I think there was other family kissing full on the lips, too. So, like, um, sorry, I don't want to kill the Christmas mood, but this is yeah. this this transpired in this movie. So, Vaughn, uh, are there any are there any contenders? Uh, no, no, not when you bring in the reincarnated <clears throat> grandfather aspect. That is so unnecessary. <laughs> Why? Why did they take it to that level? Why did we have to do that? All of this was unnecessary, but there's oh it's God, a layer it's so cake. It it's really a, is. It's there's a layer so cake. Much in this film, like yeah. I also just a side note on the growling thing in my notes, which are not long. It starts with "What the fuck is going on." And then the next line is the worst thing I've ever seen is Patrick Dempsey growl and chase Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> yeah, a lot I, happened in between there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love so. And there is in terms of so it's weird because so he chases her and they both burst in to a surprise birthday party for her. Now right, she because, is like in addition to it being Christmas, it's also her birthday. Yes. Which is yeah. sort of like not really addressed until he is supposed to put a present at the foot of her bed. And you're sort of yeah. like, oh, it's her birthday. Like, I don't remember that being mentioned. I mean, maybe I mm. missed it, but yeah. you, then you're also like, but it's also Christmas. I, I mean, you know, people have birthdays close to Christmas, but it seemed like a lot. But yeah, then you... she, they burst into this surprise party. Jennifer Connolly is slightly more dressed than Patrick Dempsey, but she's still in her underwear. And she's just mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. And the family, somebody just like gives her a coat and they're like, let's party. And only he's upset by this. And then all their distant relatives are also like, yup, the, we should clarify, the last name of this family is D apostrophe A-R-C pronounced dark. Um, mm -hmm. And so like, oh, I guess those sexy dark girls are just gonna be, doing their thing. And so then they continue on with his birthday party, which Patrick Dempsey is absence himself from. And like one of the sisters is even like, where did Michael go? <laughs> and she's like, oh, I don't know. I guess he like needed to, I don't remember what she says, but like, it wasn't like, why doesn't Michael have any clothes on? And it was sort of like yeah. anyone else in their right mind would have been like, oh, Michael went away because he uh, was nude <laughs> pretty good reason like yeah. not to stick around in a room full of strangers so. he doesn't want to he doesn't um, want to see us ever again no, no there's no concept of that yeah i i think i think that again like i want them to be witches i want like them to be aware that the grandmother resurrects right but it doesn't seem like they are Oh, it doesn't but, seem like they're like, like aware of anything. Mm, like, no. yeah, like yeah. they are and they're not. Like, so many things are so nonchalant, like this birthday party, but other things are so high intensity. Like, the grandmother dies and they have a funeral, and everyone's very sad about this. But then she's immediately resurrected. 
and like their their surname is dark but then on the mausoleum it says lumiere mm-hmm. so it's like the dark and the light and it's it feels like like it's very on the nose but also no one is aware of the thing that we're aware of you know they what i mean all, they also so in terms of tonality so it's weird because they keep switching on whether they think you're supposed to be taking this seriously or not. Yeah. And so at one point, the grandma escapes from her mental hospital mm-hmm. and she is wandering alone in the woods. And instead of this being a like serious, gloomy tragedy, they're just sort of floundering around on cross-country skis, which none of them seem to know how skis work. <laughs> so then after Patrick Dempsey finds the grandma, in the well he falls into an empty grave and then the grandma finds him after you wonder if he's about to get murdered then they go to this cabin was it a grave really i didn't yes really... it was a grave it was the grave okay um and then they have the sexiest scene in the whole movie oh. <laughs> this is more chemistry with that her i was watching it with paused it and didn't know if they could go on and <laughs> so we sat there for a while and then I, I thought like, I might have to go finish it in another room. He just kept saying, stop, stop, stop. I'm so tender with her. And you're like, I'm not sure if this is supposed to be funny or not. But then he's like, I need you to take off your pants. They have an extended like six to eight minutes scene of like, she's cold and he's stripping her uh, by the fire and he's very tender. Very um, care- like, I mean, it's not like rapey. I no. mean, it's, it's oh, she's very, into it. It's super she's... uncomfortable, but like, yes, he is. Anyone would be lucky if they were an old woman with dementia lost in the woods to have this particular version of Patrick Dempsey find them. <laughs> like, he takes yes. very good care of her, and that is not a double entendre. Like, he, he is very, <laughs> they very don't have kind. sex. No, um, you could, he bundles her up. And he lets her put his her head on his shoulder, and he just sits with her until her granddaughters get back. And I was First like, she gets her be... naked, right? Yes, to get her like to get her wet clothes off because she's been wandering around mm-hmm. in the snow in like northern Quebec, you know. But yeah, it, it's very uncomfortable. They yeah, um, but then once the family. Like the dad in particular, this is the only point in the whole movie he's dressed. When he and the other people arrive at this cabin, he's just like, great, they found granny. All right, let's party. And then they just go on with their lives. And it's like, no, this woman is sick and she escaped from her facility and almost died of hypothermia. And now you're just like, okay, who wants to play Yahtzee? It is such a peculiar shift she yeah, kind of chides him for that right she um, they have they have a tense exchange there where she's like i'm going with michael i want to be with michael right now and says something yeah because he says the... something like we're gonna stay here for the night or like yeah like he's kind of like well since we're all already up here and everybody's okay i got the impression that they were just gonna stay for a couple of days and she was yeah. just like no i'm i'm going back I mean, I guess she doesn't really say she's going back to the facility, but Michael and Nick have already said that they will drive her back to the hospital. Yeah. And so she says, I'm going with Michael. And so it's kind of, that's sort of, she doesn't expressly say like, I can't wait to get back to the old folks home, but that's like the plan. And she like gives the dad like a, 
there's like a very tense yeah moment that like is is very abruptly tense and you're yeah. like what was that we have no background for like a tense relationship between the dad and the mom but what does he say at the end that he also was in love with her and I th- he uh... just was talking about being in love with the mother and that granny never like never took to him but that he right. would have loved her like but I took it as like he was like a cool quirky dude and she was probably like a cool quirky chick and had they like known each other at a different time he would have thought like he thought that she was a cool person but she just never warmed up to him that was how I took it right but then okay. again with all of this other like weird interwrapping it, it could have meant maybe you know something different but since he was sort of alive at the same time as like previous Michael because her husband's name was also Michael mm-hmm. which by the right. way I don't think we ever learn granny's name right nope, they like, just call her granny they, it's like granny yeah. the whole time which is weird um, so Michael is a very common name so like I think the dad he says the way he talks about it though it still is vaguely sexualized where he says something like I would have had her if she would have accepted like yeah. he referred he used the phrase I would have had her um to and so even if you're talking about somebody just saying like i would have had a good relationship normal humans don't articulate it that way without meaning it sexually i mean but this family's incapable of that um yes because everything is sex with these people yes yeah i think i think he was saying that he was also into the grandmother and like believe that has some some level of resentment towards her i think that that colors that moment of of tension in the like country home that he has some sort of some level of resentment that she had rejected him at some point which again that's his mother-in-law i guess right uh the only other christmas film that i thought of that definitely does not have more incest than this at all but it was the family stone where luke wilson and your other man who is the star of that who dermot something dermot mulroney uh dylan mcdermott one of those two (laughs) um whoever's in in the family stone they like swap girlfriends or luke wilson takes his brother's girlfriend and then he takes his ex-girlfriend's sister and like that's the happy ending is that the siblings have swapped and are together and that's always been a little uncomfortable and kind of the furthest i thought christmas films went but untangling this film where the dad wanted to have the mother-in-law and Patrick Dempsey is the grandfather, but also the boyfriend of the granddaughter and also the lover of the other granddaughter. And the mother has a weird kind of like thing about Patrick Dempsey. Like they have a weird kind of tension between them. But it's the only tension in the movie that's not sexual. Maybe because she's like, this is my father and you're having sex with him. Maybe or... But she also, because they work so hard to differentiate her, like yeah. she she functions almost like a nun or something. And she's living with this priest in this weird monastic existence. Yet also, I mean, I can't believe that this 
nude man who's writing a book that she's married to. They clearly have sex. Otherwise, he wouldn't he wouldn't stay because nobody in this family would ever consent to like a sexless arrangement that way. It's not how it works. So she must have sex with him. But other than that, like she is she's not presented sexually. She's sort of running around trying to stop her daughters from humping everything that moves in this house. And then they just keep defying her. And then the various men who are entranced with them, which is everybody, are like sneaking around trying to have sex with them with varying degrees of success. Yes. Uh, She's not happy about it. But she also is just, she's just kind of disappointed. It's not like she can really do anything. She'll like periodically sort of frown and then leave. And then they'll go right back on to having really weirdly creepy boundary crossing sexual encounters all over this house. Well, and like the first night there, she kind of like pops into rooms unexpectedly, like Patrick Dempsey's room. And he's... Mm -hmm by himself right i think yeah. at that yeah. point but he's kind of like what the hell and she's like oh is the dog in here and he's like no and then oh you're right and that was the he, point i thought maybe she is gonna have sex with him okay um like, and then yeah. she's, but no she's just like making sure the daughters aren't in there and then she goes to the uh the middle daughter's room and nick is in there who's like, like her boyfriend man like her boyfriend like he's just like around and then um, he is in there and he has to like go out on the balcony and Patrick Dempsey kind of watches all of this play out because he watched Nick like sneak into the room. She's uh, doing her best. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> like trying to keep it under control or like it. Yeah. But, like she doesn't really do anything later when she walks in to um, Gabby, his girlfriend's room and they're in bed together they're but they're they're just like cuddling like he just came in on her birthday morning and they fell asleep and but he had to take his night dress off and i was like why do you have to take your night dress off to like cuddle like oh no he did it because he was horny like he's still pursuing her so we should say the through line of this movie and this to me makes it an inheritance of like the mid-century dare we call it golden age of movies is of just he is a deeply unworthy man who is just trying to in this case have sex and he's probably a virgin although they don't spell it out and he was pursuing jennifer Connolly at the start of this movie and it was very clear he was way more into her than she was into him and he just wants to have sex and he's sad that she doesn't love him, but then there's the possibility of sex, so he stays. And he just periodically in this movie is getting more and more frustrated because he would like to have sex with somebody. And Mm -hmm. by accident, he ends up doing thoughtful things for this dying woman suffering from dementia, who is the grandmother slash his wife in another life or something like that. (laughs) But basically, it's Patrick Dempsey, not very interesting man, wants to have sex, and keeps being frustrated and that's why he stays and has this like various like comedy of errors and weirdness or whatever else Mm -hmm. and to me the whole theme of deeply unworthy man is nevertheless paid attention to by much more attractive women on screen and the audience is supposed to root for him because he's the man 
and he wants to have sex or in less body movies love and so therefore mm. we should root for him by virtue of he's a man who wants these things and shouldn't men get that after all i take your point about golden age hollywood but it's also like peak 80s film yeah mm. i got that way more yeah okay. of like like a, just wild male fantasy yeah mm. like, like ferris bueller's day off but like, in quebec with like a bunch of sisters and a crazy grandma like yeah like some weird science some revenge of the nerds like all of the peak what if we let uh kind of like, gonna run around with no consequences like yeah i don't know if okay. if, if a horny 16 year old boy wrote a film about women what would it be it would be three sisters who constantly want to have sex with you and are competing for you even if you have to pursue one of the three and you take the high road and don't have sex with the clearly like 13 year old sister um yes high road (laughs) yeah yeah and there's also this like like back to the future kind of idea of like yeah i did sleep with the grandmother because we're in love kind of like it's like a weird it's it's a weird kind of supernatural male fantasy of like how many generations of this family do i have sex with kind of thing the whole fantasy thing about like having all the sisters together having sex with him that's the biggest tell no woman got within a million miles of this Mm -hmm. script like because even (laughs) this is the thing that always broke my brain anyway like i always thought it was immensely stupid the idea that any man would think that sisters would want to have sex with him at the same time like what are you talking about this is not how siblings work but because this is i looked up this guy's name it's rupert webster He's, I think, a Brit. The only other movies he wrote were equally inscrutable. This is like the most male novelist of movies trying to be a film Mm -hmm. that I maybe have ever seen. And, but they're like, but if we play classical music frequently through this movie, that makes it sophisticated and not a porn without all the sex scenes and nudity cut out. Yeah. Yeah. There were times where I was really sort of sad or frustrated because I was like, oh, I feel like we're almost getting somewhere. This could almost be interesting. And then like, Mm-mm. just like let you down. But I think you could take the concept and rewrite it and be like less weird and creepy in terms of the the sexualness of it. And I, I think it could almost be kind of interesting, but it, this is, this didn't do it. Or even if they wanted to do like a witch's coven kind of thing, they don't have to be sisters. They could just be people who've been together for 200 years. Like you can still go spooky with it and not be like, he's the grandfather. Let's really hammer that home and then remind you that he has had sex with the daughters. One of them. One of them. With one of them, yes. (laughs) And he creepily says he could have fucked all three. That's what he says. That's the part that's really getting me. Like in his mind, he did. He definitely did. Because he's definitely like he was pursuing Jennifer Connelly the whole time. And then to the youngest daughter, he's like patting himself on the back for not having sex with her. And it's like he feels accomplished. And it like feels like he has to say, I could have had all three. 
Like, don't get me wrong. I only did one because I'm a good guy. And it's like, ugh. I would not have been that taken aback if the dad responded and looked at him and said, me too. That was the tone <laughs> of this movie. <laughs> like, mm. like, that's how weird this family is. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. You're like, you want to say no, but you're, you got to admit, no, like, but that's, it's, that's it's how weird really, this movie is. Yeah. It's really bizarre. I mean, the dad walks around naked the entire time. And the only reasoning for it is that he's writing a book and can't focus with clothes on. What? Yes. I'm sorry? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Oh, my favorite line, or not, well, no, there are so many, but he, mm-hmm. he wants us to believe that he is like an, he's such a famous public intellectual that all he has to do is write books about Blaise Pascal and he will be flown around the world and paid mm. ungodly amounts of money for his insights. No, 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 no. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, the, yeah. the sort of connection that the movie very heavily wanted to make was uh, Botticelli's painting that's in the that they have Patrick Dempsey waiting in front of at the train station for like five minutes. And the three women in it who are naked, of course, are the three graces. This writer is clearly trying to be cultured. And this is where the movie's trying to be a film. And so the charitable groaning when somebody makes a dad joke kind of acknowledgement that we should make here maybe is that the movie is trying to suggest that maybe these three sisters are like the three graces. So of course they're not really human. They just sort of exist to like be sexy and like inspire and muse the men around them. And it's very ham handedly done. And of course this movie in no way rises to any level of like culture or insight, but that is what it is trying to do. But honestly, I'm very convinced that the writer, Rupert, what did I say his name? Weathers, Webster, whatever. If he could, he would have written a porno, but he couldn't. And so he was like, okay, that's the same with the like, well, I want to have a lot of naked ladies, but we're not allowed to just have them talking and being normal. But if we have them doing some sort of a scene, then it's art. So like, that's kind of what this movie is is like, think about it. So much of the dialogue and the setups, if if this dialogue was performed as part of a pornographic movie, you'd laugh it off as like, well, obviously the writing in these is terrible and nobody behaves this way, but they just want to get the delivery guy into the door so that they can do this. But this movie is trying for something else, right? But that's basically what they're doing. Wouldn't it be great? But then also like never delivering. Like, I mean. Because that would make it a porn. And like this pretentious guy doesn't want to, he can't like bring himself to write a porn because that wouldn't be as like rarefied. And so he's like taking the sex out just enough to make it somehow theoretically making a statement. And that statement is, I, the writer, am very confused by women. And aren't mm-hmm. they mysterious? Oh, that's clear, yeah. Aren't they very <laughs> yeah. mysterious because they're sexy? And even when they don't want to be sexy, just by virtue of being women and wandering around, they're just sexy. Isn't that crazy and confusing? And then sometimes they want things and they're not the same things that I, a man, want. Isn't that weird? 
That anyway, is the whole yeah. gist of this film. Yeah. <laughs> That's my unifying yeah. theory of this movie is that like this writer just couldn't, he couldn't stoop to writing a, uh, an erotic film. Mm. Well, or sorry, just call it a porn, a pornographic film. And so try to settle for, I'm going to write this, his view of what an erotic movie would be and call it culture. Yeah. Yeah. So besides the eighties Vaughn, is there, God help us. Is there some other like tradition this fits into? Uh, uh, um, I don't think so. I think it's kind of wild that, um, they choose Christmas for the setting and yeah, it doesn't matter like yeah at all it really doesn't because then they switch it up and they're like oh it's her birthday it's right like, oh, I mean oh, okay, it, that's like it kind of here. needed to be winter for the scene with the grandma yeah but it would have made more sense if it was even like I don't know, like New Year's or a solstice or something where yeah. you're talking about like more like rebirth than, you know, like if you wanted to like give it some more meaning. I mean, I think we're being pretty generous to this movie already. Yes, we but, are. Um, yeah, it didn't it didn't need to be Christmas. It and I mean, it's, it's just like I kept saying when is Christmas coming? Like I keep, I was like, I'm waiting for the Christmas. And then finally at the very end, I paused it and we were like an hour and 20 into this hour and 33 minute movie. And it's finally Christmas morning hmm. and it's Christmas morning for like two minutes. And then. Yeah. So what you're saying the is. Grave and then like. <laughs> much like Patrick Dempsey's character. Christmas didn't come for most of the movie. <laughs> and then when it finally does, it's short and deeply unimpressive and yes. like barely relevant at all to the to the sure. plot or cause of anything. Again, I yes. think you're being really generous to like <laughs> giving this some sort of meaning, but yeah. Oh no, I'm that. not saying they were trying to do that. Mm -hmm. That's just the ironic yeah, uh, right. it, it does work. truth. Because mm -hmm. his sex scene with the oldest sister, it is not a hot scene. No. It's really not. And it's the, really but, short. Yes. Yeah. The and grandma scene like, is way hotter. And I, I don't like find very, it sexy, but it's hotter. It's like, well, it's longer and it's more like, ooh, like <laughs> it's what more is going to happen? It's, it's so tender. It's genuinely intimate. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you, after a bit, you're like, should I be watching this? Like, yeah. I feel like I am intruding. It's, it but is then at the same time, you're like, he's being so nice. It's really like... sweet. Yeah, it's very touching. <laughs> and they also, again, they leave things really vague. Like she says to Michael, the grandmother says to Michael, you promised that when I die, you're going to bury me in a beautiful dress and you're going to smooth it out, smooth it out. So I don't have any wrinkles before I'm buried. And he's like, I do. Like, I did say that. I remember agreeing to that and you can't i couldn't tell if he was just agreeing like i thought he was humoring her, her. i did yeah, too like, yeah it, i thought is he was he humoring her nice. but but he also like his eyes kind of glaze over in that scene and he's like yeah like i do remember doing that and he says it kind of authoritatively and i was like like what are we doing here there's yeah. no it's such a non-committal film and not in the way of like it's vague so that you can figure it out and like have your own interpretation. It definitely wasn't trying to get you to think. I don't no, think. I don't think <laughs> it, so. It really wasn't. It was just poorly executed. I think it's, it's all over the place. Um, 
<laughs> and, and when you just said that it was supposed to be a comedy, in my head, I was like, really? <laughs> like, I... I mean, that's how they like have it built, like as yeah. a romantic yeah. comedy. And I was sort of like, oh. or it said like comedy and romance. And so I was mm-hmm. sort of like, mm. I mean, oh, well, I mean, I did. I was laughing so hard one time I started <laughs> coughing, but yeah, I don't think oh, it yeah. was when they wanted me to. <laughs> yeah. Comedy wouldn't be how I'd describe it. No. And also like in the beginning, he says, mm. This, like, was, like, the best week of my life. Like, in his yeah. little, like, voiceover, he says, yeah. like, I didn't know that I was embarking on what was going to be the best week of my life. And so, at the end of all of this, I was just, like, hoping he would wrap that up and explain <laughs> why, because it was not <laughs> apparent to me, like, but I, I don't, I mean... I guess he accomplished some goals, but he also like mm-hmm. encountered his reincarnated wife and then promptly left her. You know, yeah. it's not like they decide to like stay together. She just like kisses him and like reincarnated granny kisses Michael and then walks away in her super fabulous like 1920s coat and hat. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, she looks great. Um, and then she just leaves and he leaves and that's it. You're just like, cool. After he kisses yeah. two of his own granddaughters. Right. Very mm-hmm. passionately in a row. And both of them are cool with that because then they leave the train station all kissing each other on the mouth before they do. So. Yeah. Which is very reminiscent of the painting that's on the, like, mm-hmm. when the when mm-hmm. they walk out the door, their grouping is very similar to this painting that's behind him in the train station um that you were talking about of the um yeah. the graces yeah the one sequence that i genuinely liked was as the grandmother is dying it's like flipping between her i thought that was really good too yeah gorgeous actually mm-hmm. gorgeous scene she's like dying in the car and they're trying to keep her warm and keep her alive because i i really think that 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 idea the concept of her dying and like putting on her coat in her country home where she keeps like trying to get back to and she had run away from the uh facility to get there like she's she's like putting a like putting punctuation on her life and getting ready to walk out into the light the lumiere that is Mm -hmm. on her mausoleum and i really do like that that just kind of depiction of dying of of being a very calm very kind of beautiful dolling yourself up putting your coat on closing your windows walking out of your own front door like I thought that was really beautiful yeah yeah it was like it was I mean again it's like the parts of the movie where you're just like oh if you had just Mm -hmm. crafted the rest of this story in a different way because it could have almost been like a a bit of a horror story it could have been a bit Mm -hmm. of a mystery thriller like um parts of it like that like you said it is it's like it was beautiful it was well done I Mm. enjoyed it but then the rest of it is like yeah that's like three minutes out of a hunt an hour and 33 and I was like "Mm." I would so I was watching this with my wife who studies like French language and literature regular Mm. pod fans will, will recognize Robin from the the beer tasting episode with Tad Baker 
And so, but I turned to Robin, who was just as confused as I was. But I was like, does this, it feels like this movie is French, but it's just being done in English. Like the sensibility of this movie, because like French comedies can be really weird. Yeah. Um, and so like a lot of the crew was French, but that's just because they filmed it in Quebec and Montreal. Mm -hmm. The writers mm -hmm. were English. To me, I would not have been surprised if this was, if this had been a French movie uh, done in English, but I was wrong. But it had that vibe for me because like I've seen some mm -hmm. weird French movies and this was a, a weird movie. Not to essentialize that all French movies are weird, but. I think that there is a kind of sub sect of Hollywood, most famously with, and I don't know if you are fans of his, but Wes Anderson. I am not a huge Wes Anderson fan. And I get the vibe that my, my view of Wes Anderson is that he is Tim Burton, but in pastel and with a tone of ironic French cinema punctuated by cigarettes. Mm. And that, I think, minus the Tim Burton pastels, is it's interesting that you say that this this has a French feel to it because it's like an American's view of what French cinema is generalized as. Like yeah, I can see that. I can I can see yeah how the like being pretentious for the sake of being like oh it's art house it's interesting it's right. <laughs> whatever but you're actually like you're completely missing the point of art house or like creativity in a film or like using the naked form for whatever kind of artistic thing you want to do I yeah I think it's trying to be something that you talk about in a cafe over a black coffee and cigarette and it is just not that at all no. I tried really yeah. hard to like yeah. you know talk about this movie in a <laughs> in a we, lofty manner I think look we've at done us. pretty well we did the other thing I would say if Patrick Dempsey and Jennifer Connelly hadn't been lead roles in it and it was just a bunch of like B actors or mm. no names it would have also made more sense it was a B movie with yeah. these people who became stars. Like that's how it felt to me. The writing was B, the acting was B, um, but it just happened to have Patrick Dempsey and Jennifer Connelly. And I'm I'm a little surprised that this movie didn't ruin their careers, quite honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't imagine enough people saw this film. Um, I know. Or, surprisingly, it got reviewed in like major newspapers. Did some mm. Googling. Uh, the reviews were not kind, although they were kinder than you might expect them to be. <laughs> Again, I don't understand why this didn't attract a much more like ironic cult following. I think yeah. this movie deserves it. I think it is so bad and so weird. This would be the kind of movie that you would start playing games with. You come in costume and wear like nightcaps and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, seriously. It. It has almost practical magic vibes. That's what it is. I've been trying to think what it was. And I think practical magic does what this film doesn't. Like the Sandra Bullock film mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. yes. probably around the same time or early 90s, I think. Yeah. Um, the, but again, like that has similar vibes to this. 
but it commits to saying they are witches like right this like, film they knew what they wanted to do when they started writing that. it yeah yeah this it it's too vague ah <clears throat> oh, sorry that just came to me oh that's really good yeah i think the final question we should ask is this a christmas movie Oh my God, no. Like, no. What? According to Wikipedia, it is, Vaughn. That's what, so that's how we got here. That's, yes. that's what the description says. You know, it says like he's invited to her family home <laughs> in Quebec for Christmas. Like, it gives yeah. you no other indication that there's going to be like reincarnation or dying grandmas or a birthday. Like, or lots of really things. unsexy family kissing. None of that. Yeah. Like, naked dads at dinner, like, nothing. So, um, the, so there, there are some things, if we take it seriously enough, there are some <laughs> things that we can say about it. It, it is ostensibly set at Christmas. There is yeah. this vibe of nostalgia, which is a hallmark of Christmas films that you have to connect to some level of nostalgia, whether it's like forced nostalgia being the family is thinking about an earlier time period or if it's something that genuinely connects with you personally as an audience member but so this one goes with the forced nostalgia talking about the grandmother when she's younger she has those summer shoes that patrick dempsey finds for her and brings to her in a tree in a tree why yeah Um, it's like so random and when she said like she threw them in a tree i was imagining like I don't know, like shoes tied together that got caught on a branch. Not that like someone put them in a leather bag and then threw the whole bag into the tree. Like what? I was just happy it wasn't another dead animal because he (laughs) did land next to a dead rat in a grave. Yeah. Yeah. And then touches it like multiple times. Yeah. This is what I mean. And then they play the horror music and you think he's going to get murdered. Yeah. That was the point. Anyway. Also, how did he, how did he get out of that hole? I guess Granny like lift him out. Yeah. Granny fished him out. All right. All right. Stronger than she appears. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so so we have that nostalgia (laughs) element. Um there is a Christmas morning in it, I guess. What else do we got? With again some really select nightwear choices. Yes. Yeah, there there are those kind of hallmarks too. Uh like Scrooge, as we have said, like. There, there are elements of old worldliness here as part of the Christmas tradition. There's very traditional kind of, uh, but there's also a lot of the visuals you could see as like Norman Rockwell kind of landscapes, like Christmas cards almost from yesteryear. Especially when they're um, outside, like walking around the city. I mean, it's it's beautiful. Yeah. It's snowing. It's decorated for Christmas. Everybody's in their pretty, like coats and um, hats and like mm-hmm. you know. But uh, yeah, yeah. There's it doesn't it doesn't like erase. Ultimately, it. it's really not. It's really not a Christmas film. I would not say it is. I see what they were going for with it. Uh, in some parts, with that kind of nostalgic element. But ultimately, no, I don't think it is. I wouldn't I wouldn't call this a Christmas film in my work. Definitely not. There's too much gangly in it. But so he really <laughs> reminds me of um, a young Timothy Chalamet. Uh, who's having his moment now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but 
in 2014 2014 he was in christmas with the coopers and he plays a very uncomfortable gangly teenage guy who is just trying to get a kiss for christmas and there there's a weird like for a part of this film i was like did did that film base that character off of this um because <laughs> it, it got they look very similar um and it's extremely uncomfortable to watch them kiss in both of those films as a american with an ichabod crane like physique uh i have to say we don't we don't crave our community ichabod americans do not crave that kind of representation on film i'll just say that i'll just say that fair you you mean you don't want to watch patrick dempsey naked running flailing down the stairs barking like a dog reminiscent of his girlfriend's dad being like i'm gonna get you like your dad (laughs) no i don't don't like also to put this in context and really underline and highlight that for the listeners that is supposed to be them losing their virginity to each other that is how he is initiating the first time they will ever have sex with each other or anyone is by barking and chasing her around a house i am thankful i shouldn't say she's not running away from him because she doesn't want to have sex with him it's not like no weird like i think the phone is ringing or something or she had to go check the oven yeah she had to go check the oven but it was really just a ruse to get her downstairs for the surprise yeah. party. Yeah. Yeah. And also like part of the comedy, plus she's a woman and therefore unknowable, but like mm-hmm. she kept turning on a dime where she'd be like, oh, it's sexy time now, except, oh, wait, I have to make sure that my taxes are filed and like, stop, <laughs> hang on. And then like, oh, wait, it's sexy time again, even though we're at a funeral home. And then like, she keeps going back and forth. And so like, yeah, I can't believe I'll say this. Poor Patrick Dempsey. Like the whole family sends him a ton of mixed messages, of course, because they are written by this Rupert guy who thinks that like the essence of femininity is complete lack of of uh, of, of reasonability or knowingness mm-hmm. in any way. So, having assessed, digested this <laughs> work, I don't know. I still think. It belongs as a weird step cousin in the Christmas genre. If Die Hard gets to be a Christmas movie. Yeah. Although I suppose, so I I have a theory of what maybe based on my own theory of Christmas movies, this doesn't necessarily count. My belief to be a Christmas movie, what you absolutely need is to all Christmas movies agree that Christmas, howsoever defined in the movie, is good. And that whatever the moral arc or resolution of a Christmas movie has to be, it needs to include the protagonist either believing or getting somebody to believe that Christmas is fundamentally a good thing. Um, And that can be defined like very broadly, but even the most cynical Christmas movies eventually have the like accepted acknowledgement that Christmas is good. And this movie doesn't do that. No, no, it doesn't. They don't even talk about Christmas. <laughs> no, they just no. mention that it it's happens. Christmas. It occurs. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. that's it. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I, I would say, the the answer I always give is that there are like 
generic things that we can say, things that make the genre of Christmas um, or what I actually refer to it as a subgenre because it's a set of tropes and signifiers that are applied to other genres. There is no just like, what is a Christmas film? It's always rom-com or musical or action or whatever, whatever with the Christmas tropes applied. I don't think this meets any of those standards. I think the only technicality is that it is set at Christmas. And I guess in the same way that you could, that you, I justify Die Hard, that this plot wouldn't really make sense any other time of year, because why would he be going? Why would the whole family be there kind of thing? If it weren't Christmas, I guess it could meet that one. But the other kind of definition of a Christmas film is like a Christmas film is a film that you watch at Christmas. And if Ian wants to make this an annual tradition for his Christmas viewing, then (laughs) I guess it is by default a Christmas film. Yeah. If you want to commit to that, Ian. I might might try and make Fetch happen here. I might try and make some (laughs) girls into the new ironic Christmas viewing of the season. I think I, I will support it. I will I will support it, but I will not co-sign it. You know what I mean? Really? You wouldn't I, watch I will... it by like playing bingo and paying attention more and like turning it into, <sighs> you know. I don't think it's worth you know, it. Like yeah, it's see, so frustrating. Like I no, I don't I think you, you were demanding too much from it, Tiffany. It's just like I, I it's just the minimum isn't too much yeah yeah wasn't the bewilderment enough the just for the viewing for one viewing it made it enjoyable and kind of like a whoa what just happened scenario but if i watch it again i'll just know that that is going to be my experience throughout i won't have like the hope of some kind of like wrapped up (laughs) resolution i'll just know that disappointment (laughs) is all that will follow (laughs) I not just disappointment, really confusing choices. <laughs> and deeply upsetting. Yeah. Deeply upsetting choices as I mean, well. <laughs> Do either of you know uh the director? I think it's Stephen Polyakov. Polyakov is his surname. He no. does BBC uh shows and films primarily that are very surreal, very strange. Um like he what's refuses... an example? I'm really bad with names. So he did a series called Perfect Strangers with um Richard Harris is in it, I think. Oh. And that sounds really uh, familiar. His uh Matthew McFadden is in that one as well. He oh, is wow. the star of that one. There he has very good casts, normally British casts, but there are some Americans in them. Um, Dancing on the Edge is one of his that's about uh, like 1930s jazz in London and uh, John Goodman is in that She Would Tell Edgy for is the star like really great casts really surreal films and series that are fucking phenomenal like they're so good and leave you just thinking about them for years there's another one called Summer of Rockets that's from or that's about uh, the Cold War and the terror of like the atomic age. It's so good. 
And this film, some girls kept reminding me of almost being a Polyakov. Like there is so much potential here to have a really interesting, really powerful surrealist kind of thing going on, but it doesn't commit to mm -hmm. being surreal mm -hmm. and it undercuts it entirely. And it's like, I think that that is what's disappointing to me because there could be more bewilderment there. There could be something behind it, but I don't think there is anything behind it. I think it's that idea of just like, this is weird and kind of interesting, but without like the, the deeper understanding of what surrealism is in film, what it can do and why you would kind of employ surrealism in your film. This was just like, these are weird things to do and it's vaguely cultural because of Botticelli. And it's like, that's not yeah. enough. Yeah. Well, Vaughn, we, two years ago, we watched that very weird oh, puppet no. Christmas movie. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, oh, I forgot about that. I buried that deep in my memory. Yes. And that was another deeply odd. So upsetting. Weird. It had puppets. Main Christmas movie puppets. I'm, I'm just Googling those four terms and we have Holly Star. That's what it was. Yes. Holly Star. Holly Star. <laughs> oh um, my God. So, I mean, we've, we've really had this streak of like some really odd. I mean, Noel was weird last year too um yeah but that was fun it was. was fun at least um holly star was just perplexing <laughs> um <laughs> that was a confusing film <laughs> it was um but like this one yeah i don't know i think this one is so bewildering and because i think the reason why i find it so hilarious is it's clearly trying very hard uh-huh uh -huh. um and it is manifestly failing and that to me, I think is what makes it so hilarious because it's like this extremely bewildering half finished series of mental gestures striving for profoundness and sex appeal mm -hmm. and wit achieving none of them. And not only that, but like doing the opposite, because if anything, this movie managed to be the opposite of sexy. This is this is like one of those. So I'll name check another podcast. Um, my dad wrote a porno, the famous one where these uh, these this British dude's dad self published a bunch of erotica on Amazon, and he reads it out loud as his friends comment, <laughs> and it's terrible. There is nothing sexy happens. It's this boomer writing his idea of what sexy stuff is and like the anatomy doesn't work none of it works right mm. and it's hilarious you will laugh out loud it's hilarious to me this movie has a lot of that in it yeah because like incest isn't sexy like humans don't find any of this erotic and clearly this movie is going for that like it is still part one of the many genres it like very awkwardly tries to sit in is the sex comedy, but the sex comedy isn't supposed to be most of the time, like most of th the way through, like usually sex comedies have fan service where there's like sex happening or sexy people there or something else. 
And overwhelmingly in this movie, that's not what happens because of the incest. Yeah, thankfully. Yes. <laughs> and if, but like, if this was a real sex comedy, Patrick Dempsey would be like fleeing in terror whenever we get too close to having to like witness or participate it, or you're supposed to be elbowed to like laugh at this weird family for how everybody's like kissing each other with open mouths, but you're not. Instead, this movie's like, isn't this whimsical and fun? That's why I think I find this movie so amazing. This movie's not in on the joke, even though it thinks it's making one. Right. I can see that. That's true. I can definitely yes, see that. I would agree with that. <laughs> so if I may defend my enjoyment of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> You're entitled to your opinion. I mean, mm-hmm. my husband like looked up a bunch of reviews and stuff afterwards because he was like, I just, I just need to like read a summary of what this movie is actually about. <laughs> And so he was surprised that um, there's there's a lot of people out there who enjoy it and think that it's good. And um, but they unironically enjoy it, like different from yeah, me. I who... believe I believe so from mm. from the reviews that he read out loud. Yes, there are people who have said it was like the greatest movie they'd ever seen. Um, like yeah, huh? I I wish I had like <laughs> screenshotted them, but. Um, yeah, like unironically appreciated this film movie. I mean, they thought. <laughs> so. I think what we should do, um, uh, invitation listeners, maybe our first mailbag episode of the new year can be if we get enough people. If you watch this movie and write <laughs> in and tell us your response, and we will see what the mainly fandom. Mm. impression of this movie is of course take it with a warning it's going to be really weird and stuff so you know yeah don't don't watch it if you're like easily offended it's really weird but it's not like super explicit like no. it's not raunchy no. and it's not like and there is no actual well i mean i guess it depends on what you think about patrick dempsey's character and being the grandpa but there's there's no actual incest no like crossing no. the like there's a lot of times where you're like oh but it, right like, <laughs> it's okay yes. so yeah it's uh compared to a lot of movies today it, it's pretty pg but yeah um, I mean, there's definitely there's top nudity mm-hmm. for both men and women. I yes. didn't need to I didn't need to see the men's version, but even yeah. So there's nudity in it. So take that under advisement and don't come yelling at us if you're like, I didn't know there was going to be nudity in this movie. I didn't want to see Patrick Dempsey's butt or like whatever. Um, yeah. But who doesn't want to see Patrick Dempsey's butt again? In this one, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Prepare yourself. It's right. Not prepare a, yourself. It's like, not Grey's Anatomy, Patrick Dempsey. I guess. No. That's no. If that's your thing. Yes, I think that we should put out the call for like we will if we get enough uh, if we get enough responses we'll do a mailbag episode where we reflect on the cinematic event uh, <laughs> in meaning in the most basic sense that it is a thing that happened so it is an event uh, that a bunch of people got up in the morning every day and made this movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the fact that like someone wrote it, people decided to fund it. Well, that was another thing that my husband looked up. It lost like, a lot of money. It cost them. I think he said $5 million to make this movie. And I was like, what 
in in 1988 and in I was, 1988 did they spend it on I mean you don't even <laughs> see the train that he takes to Quebec you know like no. he's in like clearly like a room like a soundstage with a painting and they made four hundred thousand dollars like that was their name. yes so oh my gosh yeah. maybe they had to rent this mansion <laughs> Because they are in. There are two different like yeah. chateaus, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe they had like candles, bespoke um, costumes, like hand yeah. knit nightcaps and nightgowns. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it was all Jennifer Connelly and Pat- Patrick Dempsey. Like maybe. Um, also, Patrick Dempsey, if you want to come on the pod and talk about your experience yeah, making us, this movie. Like, we Did want you watch it every Christmas. Yeah, Christmas movie at home. Yeah. Um, are there any of our listeners out there who this already was on your Christmas movie list, or it's now <laughs> going to be after you've mm. seen it? If we had next year a group watch party of some girls, <laughs> would there be interest in the the mainly history community? Um, clearly, Tiffany, this is something that we'll never be able to do. You'll be way. down a co-host, but well, <laughs> you, know, like, you want to do it, go for it. Oh, the cheese stands alone. I'll uh, join in later to, <laughs> to discuss the review. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm yeah. pretty sure I'll remember it well enough that I won't need to watch it again. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we'll persuade Patrick Dempsey to to do a, a live show uh, in which we discuss. His experience. What if this was like one of his favorite movie memories and he just is like I really hope it is. (laughs) (laughs) What if we've totally misread the film and he is like actually it was an allegory for Yes. (laughs) Yeah, please. You know, is he on Twitter? Let's see. Illuminate us on that fact. Lumiere us on that fact. Oh my gosh. He's on Twitter. What if he like named one of his kids Lumiere or something like that? That's how you'll know. <laughs> it's like his dog. Yeah. And Patrick Dempsey, please, I don't mean to gangle shame you. I'm one of you. He's incredibly hot now. It's fine. He's fine. Yes. He's doing yes. hot. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, Patrick Dempsey. So, you know, maybe, maybe it was seeing himself in this movie that made him go like, oh, all right. <laughs> no. I'm going to make some changes. <laughs> uh well he he was married at the time he was already married how old was he 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 would have been 22 oh i which is surprising to me i i didn't know how old he was but he looked at because he was born in 66 i'm doing that math right yeah yeah Yeah, so he was 22 he got married in 1987 to rocky parker so he was already like an adult at this point hmm Making this very adult movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I respect them for casting an actual college age person to play yeah. this role. They didn't do that thing where they had, you know, a 30 year old pretend to be an undergraduate or something like that. Like pretend to be a 21 year old undergraduate, I should say. Well, uh, Vaughn, congratulations for uh, doing the three-peat of, mm, um, of guesting here. And could I, I just ask Vaughn, like, since yeah. you gave us the recap in the beginning, now that we've had this very scholarly discussion about this movie, mm. what would your description of this film be now? 
Oh God. Like that's a good one. Like just like describe this movie now, knowing all the things that we have figured out in the last hour. <laughs> okay. So so it in my opinion, again, what I have taken from this film and this discussion is it is a film about um nostalgia and family and resurrection. And it is going for timelessness. I I genuinely think it's trying to be timeless <laughs> um, by oversaturating time, like timestamps in it. Like we have the nightcap and we have the 60s stuff and we have the like 1920s goggles that the guy's wearing as a pilot. Like they're really oversaturating so many different time periods. So I think it's going for timeless by doing that. And saying these people could be from any time period and you do not know when or where or what. Um, so it's a movie about resurrection and family and I guess also Catholicism in that vein. But I don't really understand how. Um, it's a supernatural film about love and incest. <laughs> Is it still a coming of age film if he's the reincarnated grandfather? Is it a coming of age film at all? I mean, yeah, because he has sex. He's like becoming yeah, in I some guess. ways, if we must go along with this, they're aiming for he's becoming a man and learning things about himself by either having sex with or almost having sex with three sisters. And the mom says that thing in the beginning where she's like warning uh, his girlfriend about like men you know, yeah. so it, it's like a coming of age thing for women too. Like you can't yeah. trust the boys. Um, I seem to already have yeah. a pretty good idea how things work, but I think uh, I'm more confused about the film actually after now. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what I make of it. And your I think more okay recent description it seems like there's like a little something for everyone. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Doesn't mean you're gonna like yeah. it. No. It's a little something. It is not mm -hmm. a lot of something for everyone. I mean, don't you guys do that? Except when you don't know Ian. what to have for dinner, you just put a little bit of everything you have in the house in one giant bowl. <laughs> Dude, this film is not girl dinner. Don't even. <laughs> this, no. It's, it's, so, it's so all over the place. They don't commit to a plot in this film. Or a vibe. Or a vibe or a message. Like, is the message that grief is better than nothing? That having loved this granny is better than not? No, the message like, is women are crazy and unknowable. Women, women be crazy. Yeah. yeah. That is that's the, the message. message. Jesus. <laughs> because yeah, when he like leaves, he doesn't even really talk. Like there's sort of a voiceover at the end, and I don't even think he really mentions granny that much and he no. and he doesn't explain why it's like the best week of his life because he gets to have sex with I mean, the oldest sister but it's like surely in his entire lifetime there are better experiences in this crazy week that he had with this very bizarre family like, that ended with like a funeral of a woman he got extremely close to within like right. two days and may or may not have been married to in a previous lifetime yes yeah and then making out with her ghost or reincarnated younger self 
Like, oh my god what if she's a ghost that's a whole other podcast i mean that's, that's, a whole I, second that's what i was trying to figure i was like all oh, right because he was hallucinating at one point like i was just like i don't i don't yeah. know how to take this at the end there i, I fully just to. took it as re as resurrection remember he was hallucinating at one point where he like comes yeah. to and the grandma's like laying there on the gurney talking to him and i can't remember what he was hallucinating anymore but he was yeah um oh, yeah. see, oh, God. guys this movie is layers on, on layers on layers layers on layers on layers yes it's a layer cake of madness jesus well i hope i never watch it again but where's your christmas spirit <laughs> all right well with that uh with that fans we leave you vaughn Hopefully we will see you again next year where we will choose perhaps so. a Christmas movie not quite so baffling. Yeah, well, for a change. We're, really, we're really scraping the barrel, right? We've got <laughs> like, that John gonna... Ford one. Oh, there's got to be like 10 Hallmark movies set in Maine. Like there's there no way not... there isn't a Hallmark movie, like Christmas movie set in Maine. <laughs> like, I seriously? have tried. Multiple Holly Star. Holly Star was the one that was set in Maine. It was the only one that's explicitly set in Maine, and it yeah. was interesting, fucking insane. <laughs> yes. it was just, just puppets, like stop motion puppets, just keep popping up, and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, it was so, so strange. It was wild. Else, everything about else about it is just like a formulaic holiday romance like just hallmark film but then also a bunch of puppets like <laughs> there's many many other deeply perplexing aspects of that movie so but people should listen to vaughn and my maiden voyage of a uh mm. christmas review where we talked about that movie as well as um what's it the preacher's the preacher's wife the preacher's wife that's correct yes yeah. um so yeah but uh, with that, we should uh, we should leave. So Vaughn, where can people, just the reminder, where can people find you and follow you again? So I'm on Twitter and Blue Sky at GVonJoy. And then I am also on Substack uh, with a newsletter called Review Roulette. Awesome. Everybody should, uh, should check those out. And Vaughn, have an excellent holiday season. May it be full of quality films some movies too and uh <laughs> hopefully none of them will have the degree of you know weirdness and mm. uh, boundary trespassing that that this one did yeah go cleanse your palate like yeah. i know i'm going yeah <laughs> that's that's a very good wish and i wish it for all of you as well <laughs> <laughs> all right thanks thank you and that's our show if you are interested in getting back to Maine and Maine history, please join us again in January because we are going to dive right in to a much more serious topic, which is the redacted portions of the Maine Constitution, which, thanks to the vote in November, are now going to be uh, printed again. So we'll, we'll be talking with Katie Burns, um, Dr. Catherine Burns, who is uh, a former Maine Historical Society volunteer and really delved into the motives behind the redaction of certain portions of the Constitution. Absolutely. And we've got a lot of other great shows uh, in the works as well. 
I, for one, maybe Tiffany, you you feel that this movie we, we just saw the other day should have been redacted, but <laughs> I I do not. And I don't I, support censorship or anything, <laughs> you know, like it's out there. I just wouldn't necessarily, I don't want to be responsible for someone seeing this movie. You know, watch it if you want to, but don't blame me. You've been warned. But uh, Patrick Dempsey, we are serious. Uh, we definitely would love to have you on the pod to discuss all of your all of your career. You are you are part of Maine's history as well as its present, and so we would love to hear your insights about making this this movie. Yeah, great to hear about it from someone who's actually there. Maybe they know what's going on. We were able to answer today. I think so. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but uh, until next time, happy holidays, everyone. Yes. Have a wonderful holiday. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. All, All the rest. Absolutely. Mm-hmm.